Okay, my name is Stephanie. I'm a compulsive overeater bulimic. Hi, Hi Stephanie. Stephanie. Hi. Wow, what a what a delight. I thought I had three minutes. I mean, three hours instead of three minutes to you know, or thirty minutes to share. So three hours, thirty minutes, or three minutes. Um, I'm really happy to be here to share my experience, strength, and hope with you because that's um, I did a lot of preparing. So in this preparation process, um, I get to learn more about myself, more about this disease and how it manifests as an obsession of the mind and, um, and, and it being an allergy of the body um, and how to really study this big book in order to carry this message with depth and weight. And wow, what a trip to, <laughs> to, um, to really see how the inner workings of my mind, um, how fear, that evil and corroding thread starts to crop up when I'm thinking I'm going to be in a crowd, in a group of people and be found out, right? And, um, and if I'm going to say just the right thing to the right person to get the right result, then I got to do that, all the preparation, I got to <laughs> under, and I would get a little manic, little flagging. Uh, oh no, I got to flag it, I got to flag it. Oh no, I got to bring my bookmark. Where's my, oh, my promises bookmark, thank God, because, so, you know, that's the insanity of trying to run the show. And that's what this disease is really all about, is trying to manage and play God. And that's, you know, it started really young for me. I, I was a little girl who was in a really um, uncomfortable family dynamic. Uh, my, my mother um, was sick too, and she had a little baby girl, my sister, who had pneumonia, and she had pneumonia five times in a row when I was very young. And, uh, and I, I believe now, just the way that this disease progresses is that it kind of incubated there, where I felt like I, I didn't get my needs met. And I felt like I, was, um, I wasn't valued, that I was, you know, that my sister had the thing, we got to make sure that she's okay, that everybody was hustling and circling, around, circling the wagons around my sister because she's special. And then that just perception of me not being special like that just manifests all these particular old ideas, right? And how the, the, my belief systems were, you know, were formed. And, you know, through doing this little history, you know, um, of, you know, uh, what it was like. And I was scared a lot of the time. I had, you know, a mother who lost her, both of her parents, which were my grandparents, um, within months of each other. She had three babies in diapers. <gasps> what? <laughs> That's in, like your insanity right there. And, <laughs> right? And a divorce from my father, who then subsequently left us as a family and proceeded to start living with another family and started another family. And this rift, and then having this, this um, absence of this particular um, male influence in my life and having this woman who was try doing her best to try to hold her shit together um, the best way that she knew how with three young children and grief and trauma of her own from her past and her alcoholic father. You know how it, it really is a quite a, a rich brew of um, 
of, uh, of trauma. So being in that type of situation, you know, and I just started trying to get my way and, and get my needs met. And, you know, it started with, um, with lying, cheating, and stealing. So the dishonesty, because I wanted to, I wanted to feel better. I wanted to find something that um, I felt was not provided for me, and I sought out and was looking for that all the time. I was very mischievous. I always had that kind of "what's new, pussycat" kind of thing going on, you know, and and had a real curiosity about things, other people's things, <laughs> especially my mother's thing, her shiny things, gold things, antique things that I then subsequently would would put you know, around the dog's neck as a necklace or clip on to the next door neighbor's dog in these, you know, antique jewels. And, um, and my mother wasn't really happy about that at all. <laughs> no, I was the kind of the, the troublemaker. I was, you know, if I could just not do whatever I was doing, shut it down, everything, everybody else would be, you know, everybody would be okay. And, you know, under that, you know, and then that just, you know, facilitated more and more of that, you know, the cry for love and the cry for relief and connection. And, and you know, it just, it's so interesting to me how, um, how that, how that fear base of fear growing up um, led to all of these trains of circumstances which I didn't think were my fault <laughs> at all later on in my life. And, and knowing that, you know, um, that being an alcoholic, when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous to qualify, I'm actually, I've got six months of abstinence in Overeaters Anonymous, um, of entire abstinence, that is. And um, I have um, 10 years of sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I have nine years of abstinence from bulimia. And so that's a, um, that's a really big deal for, you know, for this compulsive, you know, addict. And so having all the evidence of what didn't work, right, and as outlined in the big book, you know, how these countless vain attempts to try to you know, run the show, and, and the epic fail of that, how that is an unworkable plan <laughs> does not work. You know, so this countless vain attempts and really hitting a bottom on it time and time again with alcohol, with drugs, and, you know, with diet pills, with, with sex, with, you know, with trying to binge and purge, that was a great idea. Once I found that one, that was like, jackpot. <gasps> I found the answer. I whatever I wanted, just throw that up. It's so perfect. It was just the solution, you know, trying to find a solution. And, and that was a great way that worked for me for 35 years. And, and that until it stopped working. And, you know, the diet pills, you know, my mom worked for a, a doctor and she'd get these samples. And she was best friends with all the pharmaceutical reps. <laughs> she loved, oh, come on in here, Lynn. what do you got in your goodie bag? So they would give her all these samples of Xanax and of Fastin, the diet, the newest diet pills or the, um, what was it? There was, oh, all kinds of goodies in there in that big bag. So she had a, like a 55 gallon plastic bag in her closet with samples. 
And it was like a literal like potpourri of fabulous. I would just dig in there. Why? My little feet kind of, you know, in there digging through Xanax or fasting or up, down, in between shots of vodka, trying, binging, purging, just trying to run, I mean, really off the rails. But then somehow, some way, I could, you know, um, I could still beat this thing. I could still try to manage my life. And, and that was, um, th- those are those countless vain attempts. Um, you know, there's so much about shoplifting. It's part of my story is stealing and, you know, doing that with my mother um, and having that be so, um, so shameful, you know, shoplifting with your mother. We'd go to Nordstrom and, you know, we would, uh, we would just make a haul together. And my mom would just throw the hangers over her shoulder and she just you know, saunter out the back door of Nordstrom. And I'd be, oh, I would just be horrible with my purse, with my, with my little items, just scared to death. And, and so that kind of uh, modeling, you know, having a parent that, that really had no moral compass and to really to guide me and to, to show me that what values were, that's what I found in, you know, in Overeaters Anonymous and in, in, a 12, in this 12-step program is to my old toolkit with the fatality. I love my, my little cards that I wrote down, all my goodies. <laughs> fatality and the futility and all the, you know, the binging and the purging and the, you know, and the, the countless vain attempts to, to try to run the show. And it's just a false program for happiness. So I had to really... When I came into to, um, the Alcoholics Anonymous, um, I thought I was, okay, I'm sober, I'm good, right? I've got sobriety, I put the plug in that jug, I'm good. And I still, for three years, I, I couldn't, um, I could not um, come to the, uh, I had a lurking notion that I could still try to, that I could still, um, that I could still eat what I wanted and have my way and not have to um, be abstinent from these alcoholic foods. So um, subsequently, what, what happened is uh, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of relapsing and a lot of taking my will and my life back. And again and again, it came down to that, that I was unwilling to um, to really surrender, to let go, and um, and I'm gonna pick one of these little flags and see what it has underneath the next one. <gasps> so then, countless vain attempts. Um, things gradually, you know, got worse, and um, I was here last month. This is this is significant. I've got to stop right now and thank Gary for asking me to come and, and speak. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sandra, for you know, secretarying. And thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, thank you. I'm just I, I'm so grateful that I have, um, I have this fellowship because it's saved my life. And I have a life today that is, um, that is just beyond my wildest dreams, really, when, I'm, when I really do this inventory of it. And having, um, having come here last year, so what happened for me last year, because I'm in my second 
10. So what happened for me last March, I came here and I sat right there and I led this meeting I, and, and, um, and I realized that I was full of shit, right? And I didn't want to be here. Um, I was in relapse. I was delusional and I set it right here. And that started me out, that launched me onto, you know, the next course of vigorous action. Um, this, you know, for this past year, um, you know, because another thing that happened was here, right here, I think it was on the 17th, I think it was March 17th of last year of 2019. And then on the 30th, um, I attended an AA function and I have this function at this function and the archivist right of AA so I had my position my official position in AA to, and I was very busy doing that doing that work right I was you know I was really um, compulsively um, I had some compulsive service work going on there because I couldn't really um, I really couldn't um, really find any peace um, because I wasn't being honest. So that piece, I was, I was sitting in a big AA meeting and um, I had my archives, you know, props behind me and thinking I had just done my part. I'm safe, I'm okay, I'm protected. And I was sitting there and it's a big meeting. There's a speaker that I really admire and powerful speaker, like Rhiannon, and powerful speaker and and I'm sitting there kind of resting on my laurels and one of the you know, general service reps comes up and says, oh, and Stephanie, has, would you like to come up and say something about archives? <gasps> I froze in fear, absolute, par absolutely paralyzed in fear. All I could do is this, uh, no. And at that point, I knew something was wrong. I was like, oh, I can't even be, because I would try to toggle between the two. I'd try to be, you know, I'm sober. I haven't thrown up in this X amount of days or years or whatever. I'm in this program and that program. And I was trying to really be put scramble to the top of the heap. And this is what our founders say, that this pride and this egoism have to be really, um, it's, um, it's fatal for me to live like that. So I started on a journey of the steps last, you know, um, last March. And, and I decided that I was, gonna, I was gonna do this thing exactly as it's outlined. Because I had been doing it Stephanie's way. I had been doing my little countless vain attempts to try to control and manage. And, and so what I told my sponsor, I told him myself, because I, I, I was found out in AA that I wasn't really, that I was hiding out there too, right? I, I was onto myself. I looked at him and I'm like, I'm onto you. <laughs> oh my God, you're so full of shit. What? It's going, oh, well, let's take a look. So with this particular book and this book, this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Vision for You, it changed my whole, it, it gave me that spiritual experience and that transformation that I had been looking for and trying to find in, you know, um, in my countless vain attempts and, and to surrender it all. You know, I, have a, I had a sponsor who, right when we had started this process, um, she, uh, her son, something 
horrible happened to her son in a bar fight, and he got, um, he almost died. And so she wasn't available. And, you know, and, and now I, I have to say, there's somebody here that, her name's Susan, that walked me through this when she said she'd be my temporary sponsor. And she's walked shoulder to shoulder with me through every single step of this program. And I am forever grateful for this last year of us, our intimate relationship and growing and, and understanding and effectiveness together. Because it started here and going through this 12-step this workshop and study guide and going through it every page, every Every page, I did every item that was listed, and I shared it, and I did my abstinence check-in. I read the big book. I listened to podcasts. I did every single thing, and I, I went to Kauai. I had a trip last May to Kauai, and I took my fourth. I was on my fourth step. I took my fourth step with me, and I made my the whole trip about my for this inventory process. Now, what a beautiful way, an affirmation to you know the self love to do that. Not think I'm getting away from anything, right? Because usually a vacation for me is like eating, drink, you know, whatever that is, getting away from everything, and oh, fine, you know. But this was coming home for me. This was kind of trying to find what was going on inside of me. Where had I been dishonest? Where had I been selfish? Where have I been self-seeking? And where have I been scared? Where have I been frightened, right? What's my old belief system? What am I really believing? What is going on inside of me? And to really take that onto an island and be with my sister and be, have all, I mean, do this every single day. My sponsor would, would, um, would we'd have our, you know, our morning, you know, um, our, you know, I have Vespers, but Vespers are at night. But our, our morning, you know, connection through the steps, and I go, you know, I go through each page, each thing with her, and we finish that fourth step. Most of it, we had, did a little bit on the, I, I finished the fourth step, and then when I got home, we finished the, the fifth step. But something happened inside of me where I felt like I was um, liquid inside of me. I remember after that, um, laying on this, um, Lounge chair. I love lounge chairs. <laughs> oh, I love lounge chairs. And I felt the, you know, there was the ocean, and I just, you know, um, completed, you know, um, a large part of it. And I felt like my whole insides were liquid, like something was happening inside of me that was a transformational experience that I had never experienced before. And and through the steps, and then I kept trudging when I got home, and then it, was, it wasn't like I was anywhere else. I, was all, I felt like I was so much with at home inside of myself um, at that point through the steps. And then I got home, and I kept moving forward. And then, you know, as, as this program is as, as divinely designed as it is, having that, you know, um, having a had a spiritual awakening as the, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, it kept happening and kept happening and kept happening throughout the process of the steps. And then I get to the, um, I get to the ninth step where this brings me out to it because I'm an optician. I've, I'm a frame and lens specialist. <laughs> yeah, like that. Mm -hmm. Specialist. And that's kind of bullshit, but that's okay. I, I know a little bit about that, I guess. We, all know, we know only a little, right? But um, 
so I think I've got this vision for you. I've got a vision for me. I've got this, you know, plan, and then everything's all tightly, you know, tied up in a sweet little bow, and it's all fabulous. And you know, to look inside is is you know, and then there's a there's a Ray Ban ad that it has all these really skinny models, emaciated models with glasses on. It says, it says never hide. And I always think never, never hide. Hmm, never. It's like never hide. Oh, that's what Overeaters Anonymous has done for me through this process of me being willing to not hide anymore. And, and so what happened for me to be willing to go through these steps and make these amends, yes. make these amends and not pick up any resentments along the way <laughs> and do spot checking all the time, right? <laughs> make sure that I'm in fit spiritual condition. But what happened for me and, you know, what it's like now after having... Um, Having had to do some really deep, deep um, inventorying on ways in which I hadn't made financial amends, I hadn't made, um, I hadn't made uh, amends for emotional harms I had done through things that I had really shameful, deeply disturbing things I had done in my past, and. Getting, you know, my sponsor had had suggested, because I had all these half-assed fourth-step inventories, right? I had big, cute little binders and things, of course, right? <laughs> Fun stuff. And things I had done partially, I had just done, you know, like um, half measures, right? I hadn't done a full housekeeping, you know, house cleaning. So she suggested, why don't you just get all those out? And see what God has to show you in each one. And go through each of the lists. See what you've left out. See if there's anything you've left out. And I did that. I gathered up all of my fourth step image from AA, from OA, from ACA, from the, I mean, just gathered them all and opened it all up. And then gathered all of those names that I had never made direct amends to. Or living amends. Or, you know, any amendment at all. Any forgiveness. And... Each one of them, I painstakingly, through this process and through the guidance and love of my, of my higher power and my sponsor, I went through each one of them and made my amends. And I tell you what, that is a tall order for somebody who really wants to hide, you know, who wants to just go and cover it up and, or bury it. That's another good one. I used to bury some very... Um, some antique jewelry out in the backyard, <laughs> just so I wouldn't be found out. Nice one, and and really said, and to come out of the closet and to come out and make the financial amends, make the any restitution where harm had been done, and been willing to go to any lengths to recover, and even just today, something through this process came up that I was like, oh, that's something that I never wanted to tell anybody. I said, there's still more. There's still more, and I told her this morning, because I'm in this 10, 11, and 12 after having this full spiritual awakening as the result of the steps, and going through this workbook, having a 15-week workshop at my house after I finished this, I thought, how can I be of service? How? Oh, pass it on, uh-huh, uh, it's like right here in the back. <laughs> it gives you all kinds of suggestions. There's like two pages full of how to carry 
the message to others who are still suffering. It's like, oh, start a workshop of your own. What? Me? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, me. So another integral, another part of this whole, you know, is that time for me to stop it now? Oh, please, Lord, six minutes and 11 seconds. Okay, good. Hang in there with me, peeps. Um, I'm getting there. I'm getting to the juiciness of the of this particular binge that that I, you know, my mom would would watch television a lot. She had a television in every room. She wanted. She was. She would love to lie down. She wanted to lie down, check out, check into the TV. Totally just not deal with things. And that was the modeling that I had, you know. And that's what I tried to do at night or on the weekends or have my little part of binging, binge watching my Netflix. Oh, good, I did everything I was supposed to do oh, in both programs, but now I can binge watch my shows. And that was almost fatal for me because I, that is a, an alcoholic behavior. That's a, that is sloth and gluttony in certain ways as well, and um, envy. And I just had to admit to my sponsor that, that I, I was not able to enlarge my spiritual life if I was still engaging in that behavior, right? So not being vague about my food and, and not being vague about those behaviors because those behaviors will take me out. And those were more of what I had a problem with in the actual food itself was the behaviors and then the food that, that you know, that combo platter, you know, that <laughs> sloth and gluttony kind of combo. They kind of go together. They're like really super, you know, they're buddies. So not, you know, abstaining from that, abstaining from the thing that I thought was my fun thing that I could do, that if it's okay, everybody else does it, I can, oh, even my sponsor had said, oh, yeah, everybody, that, yeah, you need some time to just check out, and I'm like, oh, I do, don't I, <laughs> oh, I do, oh, yes, I do, until it was like, I'm going to die, I will die, if I continue, if I don't enlarge my spiritual life, as it says in the big book, and I haven't referred to anything in the big book, really, have I? Yes, I have, somewhere it's threaded, isn't it, is it? Good. Uh, so... Basically, um, that was a uh, that was a turning point for me, because to let go of that, then I had to fully trust and rely on this higher power all day, every day, and eat like 24 hours a day. <laughs> I can't hide or check out or binge or huh? <laughs> what? It was just a talk, right? So this is part. I mean, this is coming out. This is a vision for me to not check out, to not hide, to not lie, to not cheat, to not steal anymore. I stole so much. I did. I stole. I robbed myself. I robbed myself of so much joy for so long. And with this program, I'm free from the obsession of the food, and now it comes to this, this obsession of this self-obsession. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this self-obsession that, you know, now is, is um, 
arrested on a daily basis through following, you know, the 12 steps and showing up for this and burning away all the old ideas that I used to think I'd had a foothold in something. I'd have just my little ease in the hole, my little something, my little right? Something that I can just kind of rely on, but now it's all God. It's all God. And I told my sponsor sitting across the table today something that I swore I wasn't going to tell anybody. And I told her, she said, you're human. I said, yes, I am. And so I, I never rise above the level. I heard somebody wise <laughs> um, in the Yiddish kind of a way um, <laughs> say that, yeah, I never rise above the level of being you know, human. So I am, I am so grateful to be a part of this fellowship and to follow these you know, these steps, because Bill, and I pray with, you know, Bill and Bob and, and our founders um, of this program, I, they're with me, here, they're with us here right now. When we're carrying the message, when we're saying something, when we have this, you know, language of the heart that we share with each other, no matter if we're nervous or we feel weird or we got some funky, you know, stuff going on, you know, that I can share it with somebody else and say, hey, really uncomfortable. I called Rhianne and I said, I just heard you just knocked it out of the park. I didn't scare the shit out of me. I go, what am I going to do? How am I going to get, Elaine said that you were the best ever on the whole planet. There's no way I can measure up now. No, no, no. You know, and I just gave it up and she's like, listen to this sister. Let me give you a little something, something, but right. So she told her experience, strength, and hope. And then I then, you know, because of this alignment <laughs> principles here, all these principles, you know, that we're, we're following every day, you know, to line up with my higher power's will for me by getting out of my way and, and embracing that, that which is, you know, and these, you know, practicing these principles in all of our affairs. And, and I have a spinal missile, I had a spinal misalignment yesterday, which I trying to correlate my body with fear, like what's happening. Okay, I feel this fear, and then to try to bring it into my body, because I, I was in a car accident when I was, you know, when I was really young, and, and I drank, and I used, and I ate, and I binged, and I purged to try to manage pain for a long time. And now I, I have no buffer, no, you know, Anything but, but God. And yesterday, after I talked to Rhiannon and, and, and then another fellow and my sponsor and six other people, and then I read four pages of the thing. I wrote a long time of thing. And I, yeah. Um, and I realized, oh, I've, I'm going to go to the chiropractor. I've got some misalignment going on here. There's something I get aligned with God, and then I got to line my body up, my spine. And I went, I go, oh, I'm just going to go to the chiropractor. I feel like I need some kind of alignment. And I did, and he's like, I'm glad you came. He goes, you're getting better and better, aren't you, at identifying what the problem is. I'm like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea <laughs> what this takes every day. So um, I have, oh, I have another 10 minutes? No. Oh, I was going to say, oh, I'm out of time. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> really dig in, right? Uh, I could do a dance. Got a great routine. <laughs> no, I just want to say thank you so much for, for listening and thank you for um, being such a big part of my recovery and, and I'm going to just turn it over to thank you Sandra for your secretaryship. I'm going to turn it back. I'm going to shut up and zip it now. Would be good? Yeah. Well, thank you. So thank. Much.
Five, so that's about five minutes. So. Well, it's lip gloss time. Lip gloss. So you talked. First off, thank you so much. That was amazing, and thank you for being willing to be so vulnerable and so raw and so honest. And that's what I come here for, because it helps me not feel alone. Um, you talked so much about surrender, and. Um, I, I struggle so I struggle so much with that. I had a temporary tattoo. It says surrender because I need to see it all the time. How did you really find that place where you could make that shift where you could surrender? I how where, where did you find that? Where, help. Oh, oh <laughs> this is a gooder, right? This is juicy because um, it, it happened for me in the in the sixth step when it says in the big book to where you know, I thought I had all my, you know, I was entirely ready to have all my defects, you know, removed. I had all those down, and, and then it tells you to take the big book off of the shelf and check, you know, reread the first five proposals or, you know, and then it tells you to, you know, to lay down and ask you if you've left any or all the bricks in place. Is everything all, are you all tucked in? Is, are you sure? <laughs> you ever left a little something, something out? <laughs> So that's when I'm like, I'm all good. I'm laying down. I've done all my work. I come back from, and I'm laying there, and it's, and it. I asked. I merely asked, God, have I left anything out? And the, the there was a beverage that I was drinking, that was, very addictive, <laughs> and then there was the behavior that was the television, that was the check at my checkout, my binge, right, my binge. Behavior, and those two things in my my sponsor. I'm not done yet. I've got this thing, and I'm writhing on the floor. I was writhing on the floor. I did not want to give. I can't give. I don't want to. I mean, I'm literally like writhing on the floor, like like right. I I just, but I knew I had to. I couldn't. I couldn't go on with humbly asking my higher power to remove my shortcomings without being willing to tell my sponsor what that thing was and then being willing to then be entirely ready to have God remove all of these keys, even that, because that was something that was so, that was my lover, that was my friend, that was like food was before. That was the way that I could cope with things. I could do all my recovery stuff and then I could come home. I could do my thing right here. Hang on, right? And to have that and to trust completely that, that, that God would fill in that part which I would, was willing to give up with, the, with a life, with actual life to help other people to recover. Because I can't be, I'm blocked. I can't help other people if I'm still, if I'm still blocked by that defect. So that's, you know, and, and my sponsor helped me through that. She's like, yep, sounds like, yep, that's it. Sounds like we're good. Yep, keep on working. Let's do the steps. Keep it. So she kept me on that tempo and that pace. Okay, I understand. You're rolling on the floor. You're writhing in pain. It feels really shitty right now, but it's going to get better if once you drop that rock and you just see what happens. Drop that rock. And I did, and I trusted, and I just went through the rest of the steps, too, because I had another step to do, and I kept, I kept you know, just one, because it, it seemed impossible at that time. But then when you finally make the willingness, you make that decision, right? Like we did in step three, right? To turn my will and my life over completely to this higher power. And the miracle 
it's like, oh, I didn't even have to do any. It's not like I did anything. It was, it was removed. The obsession was removed by my higher power. So do a little wriggle, right? That's a good little thing. <laughs> get really in there. Yeah, get all down and dirty. Or get clean, actually. Thank you so much. <clears throat> long answer. And having had your experience in AA and OA, alcohol and food, um, do you have anything to say about you know comparing those substances, especially considering that you also had perhaps a third and a fourth substance or crutch you had to let go of? Um, where are we? Can you give us some context as compulsive overeaters? Are we facing something that is harder than alcohol, easier? I mean, do you have come to any conclusions? I don't even really know my question, except I just know that I do that comparison thing a lot, and I'm just wondering if you've had any solid insight. I hear you. I hear you because that's where I lived. I lived in that in-between world, like. I'm sober, and I haven't thrown up, but I'm so. But I so I tried to kind of um, I tried to um, compartmentalize it into until I went to the you know participated in the sober eating workshop where I get to really list and what happened for me is if I was vague at all because I'm a loophole finder from way back being in two programs I'm pretty stealth trying to kind of you know <laughs> gotcha right. <laughs> and trying to maneuver and manipulate and kind of try to justify and, you know, and having that um, thinking that I was somehow um, different, that I could then kind of, but I'm sober. I haven't, I haven't purged in however many years, but I still have this going on. So it had to be entire abstinence. So I had to write out everything, give that to my sponsor for my, all my foods, all my binge foods, anything, and all my behaviors, right? And... <laughs> All of, you know, and then outreach, you know, because I have a, this, I have to have it, I'm the kind of person that has to have it as a wallpaper on my phone. <laughs> that I do, I have it as wallpaper of, you know, half measures avail me nothing, alcoholic foods and my behaviors and all my ways of trying to weasel out of being honest with myself and, you know, right? So other ways I, this delusional thinking. So I'm the kind of girl who carries it with, like, I need reminders every time I, that phone pops open that, that not this va being vague about what I'm what I'm eating, right? I can't afford that. That'll kill me. So I have to be very specific. I have to take pictures of my food. There's nothing that I'm eating that's not in a in a in this format that's surrendered to my sponsor. There's no adding. There's no minute. There's no. I mean, if I do change my mind, then I of course call her in advance, and then we discuss it and what's going on and so forth. But there's no me, you know. It, Really like 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 the good old days. <laughs> I mean, like, woo! I could just run the show, right? Because I don't want to be the actor, you know, trying to run the whole show. I'm, you know, I'm on a different basis of trusting and relying upon God. So this is the whole basis of this whole, you know, of our program. Because I I can't. I've showed how many how much evidence do I need? The banker dead steamer trunks. The bankers. Pocket. I mean, we got tons of evidence that how my way didn't work. What's this new way? And then we find that working with the sponsor, and then we get it written down. We write it down. We commit to it. And then we don't fluctuate or vary. We don't make these excuses or whatever. So that's how I have to, that's entire abstinence to me because I, I, wanted, I, I wanted special treatment. I want to be the, right? That's the, right? The special 
treat me special or didn't you? No, I'm one of, yeah, so that's, that's how I had to do it because otherwise I, it's too, um, yeah, too big, so yeah. Okay, well, it's now time to close the meeting. Let's thank the page.